a blessing it is to be gathered this morning. And if you see somebody that you don't know, love on them, brothers and sisters. Show them the love that we have at Fountainhead. You know, I, I just want to say this. I've, I'm so thankful and I pray every morning that I get to be a part of this congregation. I, I love Fountainhead. I love the things that we have going on. There are so many amazing brothers and sisters that God has put not only in my life, but my family's life as well. And I just want to say that I am thankful to you for being you and for what you mean to me. And just continue to do that. Continue to be an encouragement to those around you. And I know that other people would say the same about uh, this congregation, but... I want to go ahead and get started. We've started this series, the I Am series, Discovering Who Jesus Is. Last week, we talked about Jesus being the bread of life. But this week, I want to, just for a few minutes, talk about Jesus being the light of the world. If you would, turn to John chapter 8, verse 12 through 20, and we're going to go ahead and read that real quick, and then we'll... Uh, jump off into the lesson. John chapter 8, verse 12, the Bible says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. Jesus uh, it is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Then they said to him, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as He taught in the temple, and no one laid hands on Him, for he, His hour had not yet come. As we begin to study this, I want us to think about and go back to that time when this was being spoke. Jesus is in the temple, and there's a crowd again gathered to hear Him speak, and He makes a very bold statement. He says, I am the light of the world. Now, for a Jew that was familiar with Scripture, the Pharisees were standing there. For them, that was a problem. That statement was a problem. Because the Pharisees realized the claim that he's making. And they uh, call him out on it. They say, uh, therefore, the, the Pharisees in verse 13, they said, you bear witness of yourself. You're telling us that you're the light of the world, but you're the one that's making the claim. No one else is. Jesus says, if I bear witness of myself, which I am, it's the truth. He says, but you don't know where I came from, and you don't know where I'm going. But even your law, 
it says that on the testimony of two is true. Jesus is so smart. You know, he made the law, right? Did he make that rule just for this time? I don't know. But he says, so I am the one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness also. But you don't know me. Remember, you don't want to know who I am. You don't care to know who I am. And so therefore, because you don't know me, you don't remember, you don't, uh, remember the, the, the verses, that had, the scriptures that had talked about me in the Old Testament. Therefore, because of that, you don't know my Father. And you don't know the one who sent me. Very bold statements. Especially if they're not true. You know, it's, it's said that Jesus was a good guy in other religions. He was a great guy. And if Jesus, who makes the claim that He's from heaven and He's the Son of God, if that's not true, He is not a good guy. He's a liar. He's a false prophet. But it is true. In the ninth chapter of Isaiah, the Bible says this, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. That shining light is Jesus. The Jewish leaders could hardly take this kind of talk. And as time goes on, they become more angry and they become more upset until we know what happens. Eventually Jesus gets nailed to a cross. But Jesus says, and here's where I want us to focus this morning, that anyone who follows me will no longer walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And as we dive into this thought, turn with me all the way back to the beginning of your Bible. Genesis chapter 1. I want to pull my points from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Genesis chapter 1. Verses 1 through 3. The Bible says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. In the beginning, the earth was without form. It was void. And there was darkness. And then God did something. He spoke. And when He spoke, He said, Let there be light. And it changed everything. It changed everything. We know from that moment on, the world became what it is, and we still look at it today. Amen? We still see the thing that God created that long ago. So this morning, I want to look at exactly what Jesus means when He says, I am the light of the world. What happens when Jesus becomes the light to us? What happens? Well, look at this first point. Consider this. Jesus makes the formless 
become formed. You know, we've talked about this and I preached on it just not too long ago. Why are we here? You know, the big question, why are we here? To glorify God. Why are we here? Why do we have our being? It's to glorify God. And I want to add just a little bit to that. Why do we glorify God and how do we do that? Because we enjoy Him. See? How amazing is that for a purpose for a Christian's life? To begin to bring a spiritual mindset that is without form and now giving it some foundation and some formation. So what's your purpose, Christian? To glorify God. Well, how do you do that? By enjoying Him. Do you enjoy God? Do you enjoy the things that you do as a Christian? Think about what Jesus says in John 15, 9 and 10. He says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. And then Jesus says this, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Or what about this one? 2 Timothy 2.15 Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Do you live in such a way that it's approved by God? You know, uh, the finishing of that verse, a worker who's not ashamed. Can you rightly divide the word of truth? Because that's what somebody who's diligent to present their self approved to God. See, I want to live my life in such a way that it's approved by God. Lord, look at my life. Look how I'm living. I know you're glad. I know it makes you happy. And I'm proud of it. See, Jesus being the light of the world, He brings something that has no form and He forms you. In the beginning, you had no form. Outside of the body of Christ, I'm sad to say, you have no form. As a new creation in Christ, we no longer chase the desires of the world. We chase the pattern. Check it out. We chase the pattern to bring glory and honor to the King in everything that we do. Why do I do that? Because I enjoy it. (laughs) I want to do it. Not because I got to do it. Not because I'm forced to do it. Because I want to. I'm happy to do it. I realize that without Him I have no hope. You know, the sign out front is powerful because if God is the source of your joy, if God is the source of it, then it can never be taken away. See, your joy can never be gone if He's the source. When we focus on Him, no matter what is going on in our lives, and brethren, I know we got stuff going on. But when He becomes the focus of what we do and how we talk and how we live, and we do it because we're happy, it changes the way we do it. Amen? The light of the world then brings a life that was without form and begins to give it structure. 
See, when we're not in the covenant relationship with the Lord, when we're outside of the body of Christ, we have no form. We're not living the life God intended for us. Isaiah 43, 7, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I've created for my glory, I've formed him. Yes, I've made him. I like this verse. I use it all the time, and I'll probably continue to use it. But boy, it's such a great verse. It sets the tone for us as God's people. He created us for His glory. And look at what Colossians 3.10 says. And have put on a new man. When you become a Christian, you've put on this new man. And look at, how, look at what happens to you. You are renewed. You're renewed. Well, how am I renewed? Paul, in the knowledge according to the image of Him. I'm renewed by understanding what Jesus did in hard times. I'm renewed by knowing what I need to do when I'm facing all of these things. See, I was without form and now I become a formed being. I am the light of the world and I will give you formation. Come to me. What else? Jesus makes the void become full. Think about that. You ever ate something and then like in a matter of hours you got hungry again? I love Chinese food, all right? I'm going to admit it. And I'm not going to tell you how many plates I eat when I go to the buffet, all right? But I love Chinese food. Sean, you feel me? Look, I know that I will eat several plates of Chinese. But here's the problem. When I get done, when I'm just about home, I'm hungry again. I'm about to starve to death. It did not fill me up. I'm like, I ate all kinds of shrimp, I ate all kinds of rice, I ate all kinds of meat, and I'm still hungry. Look at what Psalms 107.9 says. For He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. <laughs> See, God does something to us Christians if we'll let Him. He satisfies a longing soul. He fills a hungry soul with goodness. So many times though, what do we do? Instead of turning to God and letting Him fill our souls, what do we do? We turn to the pleasures of the world, don't we? Money, sex, drugs, alcohol, right? We turn to those things that we think are going to fill our lives with happiness. But the reality is, here's the reality, we can spend our whole life chasing that stuff. And what's the Bible say? In the end, lose it all. In the end, lose it all. You know, we can chase all of those things and it'll be happy temporarily. But if we ain't chasing Jesus, if we ain't letting the dirt from His sandals hit us in the face, we'll never find true happiness. We will never find that filling to be full. And the void will never Happen. Highlight this verse, Isaiah 55, 2 and 3. I want you to listen to what God says right here. 
He says, why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy? I like this part. Listen carefully to me. And eat what is good. And let your soul delight itself in abundance. You know, when you come to a table and there's all kinds of food at Thanksgiving, you're like, oh, man, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to eat all this, right? Usually when I go to Thanksgiving, here I am up here. I'm not do lessons on food anymore, but here I am going to the table at Carol's, at Aaron's, Aunt Carol's house, and I eat so much that I got to go to the other room and just lay down for a minute, right? I got to relax. I just got to take a deep breath. But see, look. God says, why are you wasting your time on these physical things? Why are you wasting your time on these things that are not going to help you? Why don't you delight in abundance? Incline your ear and come to me. Don't worry about anything else. Come to me. Here and your soul's going to live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, and I don't have time to break that down, but he ends that with the sure mercies of David. What a great story that is. He says, Come to me, hear what I'm saying, hear what I'm talking about, and guess what I'm gonna do for you? I'm gonna make an everlasting covenant with you, one that'll never fade away. God, our God is a covenant keeper, He don't break no covenants. When he says it, he does it. Amen? There ain't been one time in the Bible that he's ever said something and it ain't happened. It always comes to pass. Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You want to be filled? Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hunger and thirst to do the right thing all the time. All throughout the Bible, we see the same God teaching the same thing. Come to me, listen to me, follow me, and I'll fill the void in your life. So the light of the world gives us formation and structure in our lives, and He fills the void. But what else does He do? Boy, I love this one. Jesus makes the darkness become light. Have you ever walked in your house when the lights are off? How many stubbed toes you got? You know, you wake up and you got to go to the restroom in the middle of the night and the lights are off and poof, there you go, right on the bed, right? You know what I'm talking about. Or you come into the house and all the lights are off, hold on, I'll get it. And then, I mean, I know us, Libby's toys are right there, so boom, I go falling and stumbling, sprained ankle. But what happens when you turn the light on? <laughs> I can see it all, can't I? When I turn the light on, I can see everything. That's right. He knows what I'm talking about. You know, even though we think we may know where we're going in the dark, you may think you know. You've done it a thousand times, right? Darkness still has a way of causing us to not see, don't it? Darkness still has that way of causing us to not see where we're going. 
Jesus being the light of the world means that we have been moved from darkness, the place that held us in bondage. Now listen to this one. Jesus has moved us from darkness, the place that held us in bondage, a place where we can't see where we're going, a place that Satan has the power, and a place that has no forgiveness of sins. He has moved us from that place into light. Jesus says in John 12, 35, He who walks in darkness, doesn't this make sense? He who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. You don't know where you're going. You may think you do. You may think you got it figured out, but you don't. If you're in darkness, you can't see. But look at what he does. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified... This verse right here is a game changer. If you're outside of the body of Christ, listen to this verse. If you're not a Christian, listen to what you're missing out on. Paul says he gives thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He's delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed or translated or moved us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. He moves us into His kingdom. And when we're in that kingdom, we have redemption through His blood and we have forgiveness of sins. I'm thankful I can have my sins forgiven. Amen? What a blessing it is to be a part of the body of Christ. But there's a danger to us, brethren, as I close. If we're not careful, we can become complacent. You know, we try to take advantage of the system, so to speak, right? Start hiding secret sins. Start playing like we're spiritual, but we're really not. We become kind of a cocky Christian, right? <laughs> cocky, boy. You know, somebody uh, who kind of says, you know, I'm thinking about talking to the elders maybe this week uh, because I just kind of want to let them know that if, if they want to uh, use me as an example, that's fine, you know, because people really should take a good look at how I'm living my life. I mean, I got it all together. I mean, they need to see how I'm doing this, right? If people want to see how Christianity's done, <laughs> look right here, boy, because I got it. Right? Surely none of us think that. The blessing that we receive, if we ain't careful, guess who's going to slide in on us? Satan. And He's going to use the blessing that we've been baptized into Christ for a disadvantage. And say, you know what? You're good, man. You did what you needed to do. You obeyed the gospel. Just relax. It's all over. Coast to your crown of life. But Jesus came to destroy the power of Satan. Jesus came to destroy the lies, the deceit, and the destruction. Jesus says, be faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life.
I want to give it to you. But will you do your part? I do my part because I enjoy it if I understand the blessing that comes from Jesus being the light of the world. Also, the idea that, and I'm, and I'm done. Also, the idea that we're not worthy. I would become a Christian, but I'm not worthy. I can't live up to being a Christian. You know, Jesus took care of that one. Let's face it. Every single one of us in here is broken. Every single one of us in here has fallen short. We missed the mark. But Jesus came to the rescue. He fixed it. He fixed the sin problem once and for all. But we have to have the mind frame that, and think about this, if somebody saved your life, how would you act towards them? They'd be over for Thanksgiving. They'd be getting a Christmas present. They'd be getting a birthday present. You'd be over there helping them out all the time, wouldn't you? Because I appreciate you saving my life. Jesus saved our lives. When we were enemies, Christ died for the ungodly. So think about this as we leave, brethren. Then Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He's the light. And he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Who in here does not want the light of life? I don't think anybody raised their hand on that. But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, what are you waiting on? If you're here and you're living in such a way, brother or sister, that is just in outright disrespect to the king, make it right. You have the blessing of forgiveness. If you're here and you need prayers, I want to say this one more time. If you're here and you're not a Christian, don't wait any longer. Jesus could come back at any time. Jesus said, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. What do you believe? You believe who Jesus is. You believe what He did. You believe that He said, if you don't repent, you'll perish. How do you repent? You turn from the way you're living and turn towards the light and follow it. How do you do it? You believe that Jesus is the Son of God and you make that confession before men because you ain't ashamed to admit who you believe in. And you believe that baptism washes away your sins. Ananias came to Saul. Saul was waiting. Praying. And Ananias said, what are you waiting on? God's got big plans for you, man. What are you waiting on? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Acts twenty-two sixteen. And you also believe that Jesus said, as I said earlier, if you're faithful to death, you get a crown of life. Will you be perfect in that life? Absolutely not. But He covered it. 
Remain faithful, and I'll give you a crown of life. Whatever you need, whatever you are struggling with, don't wait. There's so many people here that will love you and pray for you and be there with you. What a blessed day to make things right. Whatever it is, come now together, we stand and sing.